Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Radio. It is high noon on a Friday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. We are back. We back, baby. Inside the Electric Factory, it's Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. Let me see if I can remember how to do this. All right. <laughs> I had to double check my Waze app when I was driving in to make sure I knew how to get to the studio still. Well, you know, I didn't even know where to park at. I believe it's. If you want to get involved with the show, uh-huh. you can get at us on the Twitter.com, uh-huh. at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 <coughs> The Body. Okay, let's make sure I still had it. And, you know, you should know the drill by now, but between us, we got a decade of NFL experience mm-hmm. and a really good head of hair. What's up, cousin? A- and we both papas. Oh, wow. Right. Big dad energy on this wow. show now. Big, oh, big, buddy. Big, shout out to all the dad jokes that will be uh, happening going forward, ladies and gentlemen. A whole new, <laughs> a whole new plethora of, of untapped humor. Let's go. Yeah, man. Buddy, how we doing? Whew. Man, feels good to be back, man. It's feels good to see you. You as well. Man, I'm excited. We, we, we've talked. We've had some crazy life events <laughs> happen in the past couple of weeks. But man, oh man, it's actually good to see you. Good to see your smiling face, it, man. Love your energy I, as always. I was I was joking with my wife before I left today. It feels a lot like during the pandemic, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Where there was a long stretch during the pandemic where, other than our families, you and I were just seeing we each other. We just saw each other. That was it. Every day. So we'd come in here every day. We'd be like, dude, what's up? We'd be like, what outfit are you going to wear tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> like, I kind of had that that similar energy today. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, man. Like, felt like the first day of school. A little bit like the first day of school. Well, and as I told you, you're the first person I actually left the house for. Yes. Now, I've recorded other shows in terms sure. of my YouTube show. Sure. But I was like, in terms of leaving the house, I'm not leaving yeah, the house. Yeah, comes to your crib. Yeah, he comes to the crib. I, said, I don't leave the house for anybody, especially when I'm in recovery mode. But I said, man, when I got that text from you, man, my face lit up. Wifey said, who is it? I said, you know who that is, that sly devil with the good hair. She said, oh, all right, so what, so what day you're going back then? Because she already knew what was up, man. But, you know, I, I, it felt good, though, man, because you're my dog. You know that, I know. man. I can't wait. I I literally, right, I I was talking to our fearless leader, Brian, earlier oh, in the week. Oh, yes, Mr. La Martina. And he was like, hey, um, he was like, I know it's, you know, it's, this is the second week. He was like, but honestly, he's like, between me and you, He's like, if you you know, if you want to take a third week to be at home with the fam, he's like, you you can't. 
I said to him, actually, Moats and I were thinking about doing a show on Friday. You know, we're, de we're, we're degenerates. We're, we're addicts. I we said, Brian, I, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. We, we, we complain about not but having free time, and then when we get the free time, we're like, actually, can we come back? Is that all right if we just, can we please? Like, y'all got, got any more of that you SNR know? air time? Right. <laughs> I go, actually, uh, we were thinking about coming back this Friday, you know, get a get a show in, get our Friday hijinks yeah. in before the big Browns game. <laughs> just trying to get our feet back under us. Goes, all right, hey, I mean, if you want to come back, I'm not going to stop you. Have at it. <laughs> man, man, man. But no, it's, it's a great feeling, man. It's great to be back. Great to see you. Like I said, both of us being well, doing good, yeah, man. man. And, and just, I, like I said, man, back on these airways. Oh, and, I'm ready. I'm jacked up. I'm juiced, baby. And how could you not be? I mean, I feel like you, you missed two weeks of shows and everything happens. Everything. But I'm just glad like we're coming back and I'm like, man. When you, when you think it was going to die down a little bit, no, 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 no weekend news dump. No, we're just going to give you more heavy content, more <laughs> more interesting storylines. Yep. I mean, yep. would it be a Pittsburgh Steelers season without the storylines? No, absolutely <laughs> Come not. Come on now. There's always got to be some drama. There's got to be the roller coasters, the highs and the lows. Someone once referred to us as the Kardashians. Well, day going it, they are highly successful. So let the good times roll, Kardashians. <laughs> let the, let the good times roll. roll. We, uh, Moats, we have we have certainly missed a lot. Uh, fortunately, it was the bye week this past weekend. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess relatively in the scope of things, we did pick a good time to step away. Yes. If you're going to do, if, you know, if you're, if, if half it, the show is going to get COVID and half the know, show is going to be on paternity leave. Hey, well, what, what better time to do it? We picked a good time to do yeah. it, at least. We, 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 did, we did have that going for us. Um, but we also, you know, had a big Sunday night win against the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Uh, that you and I were gone for. That one was obviously important. You get back to 500 before the bye week. Needed that, man. And Arthur Motes, that sets up the big tilt, um, which all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's crazy how these things work. A few weeks ago, right? What, three weeks ago, yeah. all of Cleveland was dancing on the Steelers' graves. Mm -hmm. Fast forward now, and the teams have very similar records. It's just because of the Steelers' bye week. Cleveland has played one extra Correct. game. Teams have very similar records. This is now a massive game with huge division implications. Uh, I absolutely love it. I'm geared up. I'm ready to go, Motsi. And uh, it is, needless to say, a big one. Obviously for the two teams and to the fan bases at large. But I think to the NFL, like just the, the football fan too, this is, this is a game that is going to command a lot of attention this week. Yeah, and rightfully so. Um, you talk about the storylines, right? Cleveland came out. They were the preseason darlings, right, of the AFC. People picked them to win the division and things like that. We understood that they were going to have some hype just because of how well they played last season, especially in the postseason. But with the Steelers, we've seen their roller coaster as well, right? Expectations, low, beat bills, get extremely high, go back, you know, mm -hmm. go a couple of bad games, mm -hmm. and now here we are. So when you factor in all those things, I mean, it's extremely exciting because of the ramifications, but we also can look from a more broad perspective and understand that the AFC North is looking like one of the best divisions in the football in football Very right now. Very strong division. I mean, when There's I look no at that, it's no, if your weakest team right now is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's just statistically speaking because we are in fourth place, that says a lot because the Steelers team has shown that they can still make some noise. They can still, you know, upset the hierarchy of things. 100%. So for me, man, I'm loving that because, once again, I do think this is going to be a three-team division to make it into the postseason. And with that being the case, all these division games now are really going to matter. Now, yes. the early part of the season, we only had one division game. But now, as we always talk, we always hear from Coach Tomlin, the AFC North is going to get hot in the kitchen. And it starts this week, man. And what better way to bring in Halloween than to go up to Cleveland? Woo! Woo! To the dog pound. 
Hopping on the bus and going across the turnpike. Come on, man. You got to love it. Yeah. It, it's, man, it's, it, it, it gets you excited for a lot of reasons. All the division implications that Arthur Motes just stated and what it looks like the best division in football, certainly one of the top two. Uh, you could have a division that has a t- four teams without losing records. You could have a division that has three teams in the playoffs. And, I don't think it's possible to get four teams in the playoffs. I, it's, that's going to be tough just say, yeah. because of the logistics right. of it. I was like, I don't um, think that's that's available this year. But all four teams potentially in the playoff conversation throughout the Antino. Yeah. Week 18 gets here, and they're still playing well, for you something. Think, man, we end the season with back a division game, back-to-back. So mm-hmm. those games are going to be critical. Huge. Those games and, are going to matter. And this one is, too, because remember, too, those divisional tiebreakers, we've seen this before, mm-hmm. can be huge. And the Steelers are already 0-1 in the division. You yes. do not want to fall to 0-2, um, you know, still with two games against the Ravens and having to see Joe Burrow again and, and, and the Browns as well, too. Um, man, this is, this is a big one for both teams. Cleveland wants to separate themselves from Pittsburgh. They want to be closer to, you know, to, to the record of the Bengals and the, and the Ravens at the top of the division right now. The Steelers obviously want to, want to get right in the thick of those things and knock the Browns back down to 500 with what would make the Browns four and four Arthur Motes it is a Friday here but you know we're playing a little ketchup one thing that we normally do on a Thursday we oh, call I, it I thought you were about to give me some french fries you said ketchup I got excited dad jokes here all week baby let's go <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that we normally do on a Thursday that I think would be pertinent to do right now uh, three things Thursday mm-hmm. remix Friday edition uh, three things that the Browns do well three mm-hmm. things that the Browns struggle with um overarching things, individuals. This is an idea that Arthur Motes came up with uh, at the beginning of the season, and we've been running with it ever since. Motesy, three things the Browns do well, three things they struggle with. This is uh, your baby here. Ayo. It is, it is, man. Where you want to start? Man, for me, man, let's talk about the three things that we like about the Browns. Okay. For me, number one, I love the fact that their running game is what it is. I mean, how do you go against that? We always talk about teams that need to run the ball more. They understand that, and they are fully committed to it. Their O-line does an excellent job of highlighting that and accenting that. And I also think that the trio of running backs that they have, whether it's Nick Chubb, whether it's Kareem Hunt, whether it's Dearness Johnson, Dearness whether it's Wesley Euler, whether it's Arthur Mose, whether it's Gray Mose, whoever you want to put back there in that backfield, they're going to run the ball. So for me, that's the first thing that I really like about them. The second thing that I like is Miles Garrett. I mean, we are extremely high on T.J. Watt, and rightfully so, but his counterpart is Miles Garrett. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Now, it's funny because they play 3-4 versus a 4-3, and that's mm-hmm. always the argument between those guys. But Miles Garrett is having a heck of a year. I mean, it's the reason why he's leading the league in sacks right now as well with 9.5. He, he's kicking some serious butt. So, for me, that's the second thing I like. And then the last thing, I just love the fact that they have an identity. <laughs> you look it They off have a legit identity and what do I mean by that it doesn't matter if Baker's at quarterback it doesn't matter if Case Keenum's at quarterback what are the Browns going to do they're going to run the ball they're going to throw the play action pass they're going to play defense we talked about going into the playoff game against them last year where they had the injuries and COVID scares right where all their roster was practically none of the starters were even there they still were who they were identity and the reason I highlight identity is because I think about us as Pittsburgh Steelers We've been trying to find our identity. One week is we're going to throw the ball 40-plus times. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to run the ball with Najee. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to play One small week, ball. One week, our defense and our special teams are going right. to the way. <laughs> Next week, we're going to play big, big personnel. Next week, we're going to have jet sweeps and go sweeps. Like, we just never know what our offense is going to look like, what our team is going to look Are we going to be blitzing? Or are we going to be sitting back? We talked about the Bills game week one. Our defense, what? Never blitzed. Four-man pressure. 
You fast forward to, uh, to the Vegas Raiders game, it's the exact opposite. We blitzing every play, every play. So identity to me is another strong suit and something that I do like about that uh, Browns team. Partner, I tell you what, some time off, but we're still on the same wavelength. Well, one person always told me we were simpatico. Simpatico. That, that's, what I, uh, that's what I always heard, yeah. man. Yeah, and, 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 and maybe some different words, some different verbiage labeling. We have pretty much the same thing. <laughs> uh, the offensive line in the run game. It's You saw it last Thursday. It doesn't matter. Now, Nick Chubb is obviously very talented mm-hmm. and one of the best running backs in the NFL. But it doesn't matter if it's Chubb, if it's Hunt, if it's Dearness Johnson. That run game is productive regardless. That is in part because of the identity that my partner mentioned. It's also in part because that offensive line is really stinking good, mm-hmm. particularly in the run game. They are, they are you know, probably a B-plus in, in, in pass protection, but, man, they are an A-plus in the run game, that offensive line. That's their identity. That is their bread and, bread and butter. That is their meat and potatoes. That is whatever you want to call it. That is the home security system at, mm-hmm. at Progressive Stadium, all right? Yes, Baker Mayfield's living there. The offensive line is the home security system. Um and, and, and they do it just about as well as anybody in the league. Motsi and I are going to talk later on in the show. You know that's coming. You know the Browns are going to run the football. You know what's coming. It's no secret. How do you stop it? How do you go about preparing for it? We'll talk about that again later on in the show. Uh, so the offensive line, the run game, the identity were, were both things that I had. I, I talked about Miles. I had Miles Garrett as well, too, in the pass rush. Yeah, Miles up there, too. <laughs> which you discussed. Sheesh. Um, and, now you know, you look, it's you Halloween. My, you, so you copy my paper now. Okay. Arthur Motes, it's Halloween, mm-hmm. which means Miles Garrett's going to have plenty of Snickers, so he's not going to be angry, Miles Garrett, and he's not going to, you know, come out swinging like Barry Bonds. Oh, okay. Hey, Miles, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Have a Snickers, all right? But I got one more. I got one more for you. Now, that you... when you said swinging like Barry Bonds, what, what, what type of swing are you referring to? Are you talking about like just his activity on the field, or are you talking about the extracurricular activities that we have seen from him as well? I, you just never know. You never you know, know. You know what they say about the, you know? the best, the best art and the best jokes, Arthur Motes. Uh-huh. They're, they're up to the interpretation. Well, 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 you, you know, I didn't want to consumer. I didn't want to assume because you know what they say happens when you assume, right? Yeah, you always get it right. You better believe it, baby. <laughs> So I'll add one more thing for you, all right, on the fly here that I that you kind of touched on there as well, mm-hmm. too. But, man, the way that they use play action on offense yeah. is – it's my dream. Like, it, it really it's, – it's, it's, it's my dream for the Steelers. Makes you guys, two of us. You guys know this. Our loyal day ones, you know, our P1s as we call them <laughs> in the business – you guys, since 2018, I have been harping on. I want the Steelers' offense to use play action more. Please, the the Browns are the blueprint to do it well because you know obviously it is aided by the fact that they have some stud running backs in a stud run game. That is certainly a massive part of it, but they've got the playmakers as well too. That when they can run that play action, all that they need is a step, and they've got guys who can create splash. They not only use play action well. They create big chunk plays. They create splash off of that. You know, not just the mid to intermediate pass game. Real chunk plays. Real splash for the offense. Uh, Motsi, they they do that just about as well. You know, maybe the Titans are the only team in the NFL that I think that the Bills maybe as well that that, that does it as well as they do. Uh, the Rams are maybe getting to that point now with Matthew Stafford as well too. But man, it's. It really is. You guys know I don't like the Browns. It's hard to give them credit. Uh, but, I, man, again, it's the blueprint. It really is. The way that they use play action to set up the rest of their offense, it is Italian chef kissing his fingers. Mm-mm-mm. Motsi, the three things 
that they leave to be desired. Ah, uh, from a Chief Keef standpoint, you know the things that I don't like. Bang, bang. <sighs> Can I talk about their secondary? On paper, I do like <laughs> you them. son of a... Because on paper, they are good. They have nice names. They have young and they're talented. But Greedy. They don't. Grant. To me, when Denzel. I look at them, I question, number one, how seriously have they been tested? Don't tell me about Denver with Teddy Two Gloves. No. Talk to me about Justin Herbert and what he was able to do. Don't tell me about some of these matches where they've been able to thrive, per se, versus teams that aren't prolific throwing the ball or don't have guys that can threaten them. Because I remember a year ago, Week 17, where they had to have it. They had their guys in a Mason Rudolph-led team with Chase Claypool and James Washington were able to carve that secondary up. <laughs> so forgive me for not being as bullish on that secondary that some people might. To me, the way I view their secondary is kind of how I viewed Denver's defense a couple of weeks ago. Now, granted, I was on my deathbed, so I didn't get a chance to articulate <laughs> that all the way. But, big fella. Granted, I was on my deathbed. <laughs> Denver, to me, on paper, it was just like, man, they statistically look good. But when you watch them on tape, they haven't been tested. And they really haven't had to have one of those moments where they got to show their productivity. And I think of the Browns secondary the exact same way. Yeah. So, that's why I have them there. The second thing are the injuries to their skill players. Holy cow. Cool, that's a good one. I mean, you talk about Baker. I know he's going to try to give it a go. I don't recommend it, but that's significant. We talk about Nick Chubb coming back from a calf injury. Odell, we know what he's coming back from. Jarvis, now it's not even the right knee. It's the other knee, the other MCL. Like, come on, bro. Like, that's a lot. When we know at the tight end position they have injuries. And then he's not a skilled player, but he's very skillful by the name of Jack Conklin. He's another guy. They are There's banged this question up. Like, their when names I on offense are that, banged up everywhere. When I look at that many injuries, regardless of your identity, that will have some impact. Because part of the reason why they're so successful running the ball is when you have a guy like Odell that's out there, you have a guy like Jarvis out there, you have to respect them. Even though their numbers aren't what they normally are, you can't play single high versus those guys and have an additional defender in the box. You can't. So if you're the Browns, you're always going to have an advantageous you know, running game situation because you're going to have the numbers. Whereas with these injuries to the skill players right now, depending on who's available and who's not, that can that can largely dictate absolutely how much these guys have to invest in the run. We've and seen that if, happen here in Pittsburgh over no the last question. couple of years. No question. So to me, that's the second thing. And then the third thing, the lack of turnovers. For as good as they are on paper, they do not generate a ton of turnovers. As well as Miles Garrett is playing, I want to see more turnovers. We talk about that's the difference with T.J. Watt right now, right? He forces fumbles. Turnovers get you out of ball games, And when you don't have those turnovers, that's why teams can be viewed, instead of them being viewed as great defense, they're just good. They're just 100%. average, running the mill, because you have to turn the ball over. And to me, they just don't do a great job of that. So that's the other or final thing that I don't like. Bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Those are good ones. We got one of the same three. So we did better on this one. Good. Uh, the, the, the one that we had the same was I had I, I wrote down the back end. Mm. You said the defensive backs. I said, mm-hmm. you know, we put a little bit differently. Yeah, look at that. Hey, hey, um, hey. They have invested there. You know, Denzel Ward was a first-round pick. Grant Delpit and Greedy Williams are both second-round picks, yes. I believe. There's been investment I there. I mean, but Grant, he was like with the second pick of the th- uh, second round. Of Very early. Yeah, it was like and super early. And most people thought yeah. he was going to be a first-round yeah. pick. In fact, if he would have come out the year before. Or if he could just tackle a little bit better. He'd be a top 10, <laughs> top 15 pick. Yeah. yeah. Coverage-wise, he's elite. It was the tackling that was the issue for him. They do. Of those guys that I just named, they have their moments. Particularly Denzel Ward. Mm-hmm. He 
man, he is so confusing. He's one of the hardest at players. At times, he looks elite. At times, he looks like Revis. And I then mean, at times, we're talking about James Washington. And at times, he looks like Artie Burns. Yeah. I mean, like, he, like seriously, his ceiling, his ceiling is okay. Not Revis because Revis is maybe the best defensive back I've seen in my lifetime. But his ceiling oh, is. You're young. I forgot. Because if you if you said that and you saw prime time, man, we're gonna have to have some fisticuffs, and you probably beat me right now because I ain't got the juice. But still, okay. I give it. I give one for maybe the not. You know, like Revis or Champ Bailey, right? Bro, but if you don't say Deion Sanders, I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not Rod Woodson, right? I'm going to bite your ear off if you do not say Deion Sanders. But he's got a he's got a, Mike Tyson me our first day back. <laughs> he has got a very high ceiling, but, man, his floor is low. It's mm-hmm. like down in the basement. It's down in the cellar, Arthur Motes. It ain't downtown on the south side? The ceiling is the roof, but the <laughs> Yo, you are out of control. The, the floor is, is the cellar. <laughs> Oh, um, and they, they, they're just wildly inconsistent on the back end. That is the first thing. Um, now, two that we have new ones. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. The first one is I don't think they have quarterbacks capable of making play, or the second thing I should say is I, I don't think they have quarterbacks capable of making plays to get you out of stadiums. Mm-hmm. I could agree with that. Right? Uh, Arthur Motes, you could attest to this. You've mentioned this many times, that when you were playing for the Steelers, there were days that you guys just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. You weren't at your best, mm-hmm. but seven was the difference. Hey, that's all you need sometimes. That I think we're seeing that. We've seen that so far this season a little bit with the Bengals. There's been games where the Bengals haven't been at their best, but Joe Burrow has made enough plays to get them out of stadiums. Mm-hmm. We know, love him or hate him, and I know plenty of our listeners hate him, Lamar Jackson has had plenty of times where he has made plays to get the Ravens out of stadiums. That's what great quarterbacks do case Keenum and Baker Mayfield are good quarterbacks I don't want to listen the Browns won one game in two years before Baker got there okay he deserves a little bit as much as I rag on I'm not gonna lie that's the part for me where I just always have a hard time understanding why they don't see that like do they not remember Two seasons in a row where this team won one game. Listen, uh, Baker Mayfield's not a gold. He's not a gold jacket guy, but he can still be. uh, Matt Ryan's not a gold jacket guy, but he's still taking a franchise that stunk and kept them viable for a long time. One game in two seasons at the NFL level, just comprehend that. Look at what the Lions have become without Matthew Stafford. They can't win a game without Matthew Stafford. And I'm just sitting here like, as much as we want to bash that man, put some respect on him a little bit. Matthew Stafford might not be a gold jacket guy either, but he's a good NFL quarterback. Absolutely. I think Baker Mayfield is not great. I still think it's hilarious that they took him first overall. I don't think he's ever going to win a Super Bowl. But he's a good quarterback. And Case Keenum is certainly one of the better backups in the league. I think we can all agree on that. We would have in 2019 when Ben was out the whole season. I think we all would have signed in blood to have Case Keenum for 14 games that Strong year. Strong possibility that would but be the case. Motsi, neither of those guys in the big moments when the team needs them, when they're struggling, when everyone's looking to the quarterback to make a play. Those guys ain't Aaron Rodgers. Those guys ain't Josh Allen. Those guys ain't Patrick Mahomes. And they dang sure ain't Benjamin Roethlisberger. And we got to give a moment of silence for Ben because he's no longer the. Most winning his coach. I mean, the most winning his quarterback in Cleveland. I know he's a little bit sad about that. I was as <laughs> hey, well. Hey, he's still got that. time to get back. Yeah. Win, win, uh, win on Sunday. Playoff win at Cleveland. We'll put two more wins on there. We'll see what we can do. Uh, second thing is they 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 don't have. It's it's not that their quarterback play is bad. I, it's just not great. And in the NFL, a lot of times that can be the difference. The third one, Arthur Motes, is I really like Kevin Stefanski. Mm. Okay, again. One win in two seasons before he got there. The man yes. deserves some credit. 
but Moats, a lot of times they play and they coach scared in big moments. I would agree. Maybe this gets back to the quarterback play as well, too, because they don't have a top five, top ten, I would argue probably not even top 12 quarterback in the NFL. In big moments, at the end of games and close games, they play scared, they coach scared, and to me, scared money don't make no money. Talk about it. And, and, and I think, you know, if you want to cut on some games this year and see that, watch the Vikings, Minnesota game. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Minnesota Vikings. Thank you, Lizzo. They, dude, in those big moments, they tense up, they get tight, where they just can't run the football, where the defense, like you mentioned, maybe needs to create a turnover, and they have just struggled to do that. They get tight, they tense up, they play, and they coach scared. As an opponent who's about to play them, I like that. But mm-hmm. from our evaluation standpoint, that to me is just not a good recipe. When you don't trust your quarterback to go win you games and your coaching and the way your team plays shows it, you go into ultra-conservative mode. You can't play not to lose. It's that simple. You can't, you can't play it. not to lose. You can't do it. Those are my three things that I don't like. Hey, bang, bang. <laughs> Mozi, that was good. Man, you know I always love when we get back like this, man. It's kind of like we never left. Back in the saddle, baby. Kind of like we never left, man. Back in the saddle. Uh, before we go to our first break here, now we, you know, we've had to do some catching up. Mm-hmm. We've had to look ahead. Uh, real quick, Steel City Champs does chime in and says, three things I like. Their run game is amazing. Their defensive line is stingy. And they are one of the toughest teams in the AFC North. They do have some dudes that are willing to lay it on the line. That's a good one by Steel City Champs. I don't like... Their defensive stats don't match their rankings. Mm-hmm. Inconsistent when it comes week-to-week play. I agree with that. Some weeks they look really good. Other weeks they look putzly. Uh, and third and final one from Steel City Champs, a fan base <laughs> that they don't like to respect us, but you know they do. That's right. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, all right. You guys can, of course, get those tweets in. We'll get to all your tweets. You know, final segment of the show. we got a couple of them already, but we're back in the saddle. We want your prediction tweets. That is our promise to you. All right, just tweet them at us once because we'll get to them at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. I, I, I bookmark them all as they come in, so I've got them all right there. Uh, you tweet us your score prediction. Our promise to you is that we will read that off before we get out of here at the end of the show. Motsi, one thing we have to do before we get out of here to Who our first that? break. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Melvin Ingram situation just for a couple minutes here in the first segment of the show. Yeah. Um, it's it's been rumored out there, you know, maybe kind of similar to the James Washington conversation, mm-hmm. just that Melvin Ingram wants a bigger role, more opportunity. There might be some trade requests. There might be just some some unhappiness going on there. Um, this was surprising to me just because I feel like, you know, when, when Melvin signed, mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong here, but I'm sure that there was a conversation of, hey, we know TJ Watts the dude. Mm-hmm. We really believe in Alex Highsmith. We kind of want you to be that third piece. I could be completely wrong. But I figured that that was probably a conversation they had before he was signed. Now it kind of, you know, there's maybe a a communication breakdown there, um, which is unfortunate, which is surprising. I don't think there's a chance they trade him because he's on a one-year deal and you're not going to get much for him anyways. But you, uh, you know, are the former linebacker. Were you surprised by this? What have been your thoughts, uh, you know, over the last 24 hours or so as it relates to Melvin Ingram? Well, I just find it funny that five days ago when the reports came out that the Steelers were – taking phone calls from Melvin that teams were looking to trade him and they didn't feel like they were getting the compensation they wanted, that's completely fine. But now that the player says, well, I'm not happy. Hmm. Now all of a sudden it's, well, you were communicated with this beforehand. What changed? 
Well, Wes, if I tell you, hey, I'm over here and I'm going to start, you know, taking offers to see who can be the co-host of this show. <laughs> I'm going to see who, 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 uh, who could be the producer, you, you know? Leave. We yeah, 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 man. I, I, it, we, we already had a conversation, but, you know, don't worry about it, right? Things change. I'm just going, how would you feel? And, and that's the thing that I feel like is lost right now. Hmm. Ever since the report came out yesterday, everything has shifted to, well, why has he changed his mind? You knew what it was coming into this thing. I mean, wh- 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 why are you mad now? Are you being soft? Is it wh- wh- what you do? It's like, no, he feels unappreciated because just a week ago, the report came out from Ian Rappaport. Yes, the Steelers have been taking phone calls. Yes, they have been talking to other teams. Yes, so what does that mean? That means you're expendable. So that if I'm expendable, if someone makes the right, right. offer, we, we so if, would so we it, dance. So if you view me as expendable, well, you know what? I'm not happy because week one I played the amount that I thought I should play. All these other games since then have been different because of the injuries. But now the Seahawks game, Alex Hyson plays 100% of the snaps. TJ Watt plays what he plays, and I play 20%. What's that about? And outside of the Seahawks game, Alex Highsmith hadn't outplayed Melvin to that extent. I mean, if you look at their statistics right now, they're pretty much I agree, identical. I agree with you on that. And if you're Melvin, you know, your next argument is this. My numbers could be better if I played predominantly outside. But when all three of those guys are on the field, who's the guy that bumps inside? It's Melvin. Mm-hmm. So for me, this new reaction to his displeasure here, no, don't put that on him. Because it started four or five days ago when the team was taking calls. So if you want to be upset with somebody, if you want to feel that somebody isn't holding their weight or they're not, it's a, it's you know, being as you. strong as they should be, well, talk to the corporate. Because that's where it started. When they started taking calls, no different than Coach Tomlin's response to the USC rumors. Ha, how great was that? Oh, man, we would have had some fun with that. So he put we that to rest, right? It, it was zero to talk. He put it to rest, correct? Never say never, but never. So he put it to rest, correct? So they could not have done the same thing if – if a team was calling for TJY, do you think a report would come out that hey they were entertaining that? No, not at all. A if a team would come was calling, out that Kevin Colbert laughed and hung up. The if phone. a team was calling for Najee Harris right now, do you think that would be a oh yeah it was it was, it was open dialogue? They were talking, trying to find an offer. Not at all. So why do we forget that when it pertains to the player? Hmm. We always forget that James Washington situation, right? You know why it came out back then, right? And we said you could do it multiple ways. Because you don't want to be the bad guy, you go through your agent. Or you go through your agent and have him link it through the media. It's multiple ways to get it out. But we know if you don't want that message out there, we all oh, it's 2021. Everybody has social media. You go up there and simply say, I am I didn't request a trade. I'm happy here. Right. Yeah, it's no. that simple. Silence speaks volumes. Yeah. That's 2021. We know this. Correct. But James Washington, remember, he didn't just come all haphazardly. No, he said that because he felt that he was good enough to be out there playing and he wasn't getting those opportunities. And then everything kind of faltered once Chase Claypool got hurt. But now we are in the same scenario when you look at that Seahawks game and one report is, oh, James Washington was hurt. Then Coach Thomas says, no, James Washington is fine. He just didn't fit what we were trying to do. So Ray-Ray McLeod, not a shot at Ray-Ray, but you tell me Ray-Ray McLeod was your third best receiver with a healthy James Washington? I find it hard to believe. So once again, these aren't issued, these aren't initiated by the players. These players are just reacting to the circumstances that have been laid upon them. I think a lot of people were quick to make that that deep, draw that Debo yeah, comparison. But absolutely. I don't, I don't, the Steelers weren't fielding any, any trade no. calls for Debo that season. And, and the thing is, regardless of what might have been communicated at the beginning of the season, these are still people. They still have feelings. We're not robots. If I tell you at the beginning of the year, Wes, I'm going to pay you $20 an hour, I'm going to work you 30 hours, uh, 30 hours a day, or excuse me, I'm working be, 15 hours a day, I'm working 15 hours a day. On paper, you might say, yeah. But then when you actually start going through it and you're two months in, you might be saying, hey, bro, this ain't going to cut it. 
this isn't what I thought it was. I don't like this anymore. Are you wrong for feeling that? No. It's just the course of action. It's just how it plays out. So this scenario, I don't look at it as any different, but I just don't like when people try to villainize Melvin when Melvin didn't start this. Don't play dumb. We know how this started. <laughs> when you take calls and you say, hey, a guy's available, okay, eventually it's going to get back to the guy. <laughs> and that's where we're at right now. You're not taking any calls to replace me on the show, are you? I told you, I didn't leave the house for anybody but you. One more question for you before we go to break here. Yes. I mean, how big of that boot? How big would that booster check have to be for Mike Tomlin to really listen? I mean, he said there's no booster that can Bro. write a big enough check. Mozi, some of these boosters. I, I don't mean, think you understand, though, man. Whoo. Like college football for for athletes. No, there's there's no way. It's a, it's a demotion. One thought. It's like you don't think Nick Saban would still be coaching in the NFL? It, it is if, a one hundred percent demotion. Not to mention you got to go recruit. Look you know how why, you, you know why no one wants to recruit. Because the you difference think is Mike this. Tomlin wants to listen, sit in some 17-year-old's living room and Wes, eat crawfish no, no, no. in Louisiana? Not, not, not even that, right? Think about this. Wes, I'm in the NFL. You want to play from here, it's $50 million. Take it, yes or no? If you don't, I'm going to go get $50 million to this guy who I know will take it. College, hey, Wes, I love you so much. Hey, Wes, man, you're going to do the best things since sliced bread. Hey, Wes, don't you want to play here? Hey, Wes. I'm coming I, over for I, dinner. I, how else can I kiss your butt to make you decide that you want to play here? Oh, you just committed to our rival? I don't have time for that. No. As an NFL player, you don't have time. You're dealing with grown men. Not, and that's when, I'm, the biggest, not when I'm building a Hall of Fame right. resume already. And that's, the, and that's why when he said there isn't a price point for no. that, there isn't. No. There isn't. And people that don't have money or, or don't have that abundance of money like our Coach Tomlin has, it's hard to comprehend that. But for guys like him, it's less about money at this stage. just more about peace, happiness, and doing what you love. And recruiting sucks. We know it this. Sucks. I have multiple friends who coach college ball, and they said that's the point. You're gone. You're going half the year. Just you're to, hanging out not, with 16 and 17-year-olds. Exactly. In it their living room. room. And you're kissing their Eating butt. And, and you know. You know. In the middle of nowhere, that, Louisiana. In, in terms of man-to-man, it's Down not man-to-man when a, when a kid's 17-year-old. How's that man-to-man? No. Oh, man, he decommitted. He told me yes. Because they're kids. Because he's 17 he's years old. Kid. At the NFL level, you don't have to deal with that. We got contracts. You tell me you're here, I, 50 million, three years, you're locked in. I don't have to worry about you. Oh, I'm upset now. I'm a transfer. I'm, I'm going to go to the transfer report. I don't have to deal with that. Yep. So why would you? If you're Coach Tomlin, coaching the Pittsburgh there's, Steelers, a Super Bowl champion. There's a reason all these guys. Hey, what are we talking about here, man? the NFL, too. Like Pete Carroll. Th- if college football. Add, add if, everything at USC. If college football was the pinnacle of coaching, if college football was the pinnacle of sports, None, why would we be doing Steel Nation Radio? We would be doing Pitt Nation Radio or West Virginia Nation Radio or whatever College Nation Radio. It ain't like that. The people that love college football are the ones who couldn't make it to the NFL. It's that simple. The people that have been to the NFL, we know. Man, I'm not there's dealing like, with that. There's nonsense, a few exceptions. Man. Like, right, like Bobby Bowden probably wouldn't have left Florida State no matter how big the check was. You know, like there's there's exceptions. But, but, but for, think for how, the, how did he get to large, that, though? You don't get to that as the goal. That's true. No, no, no. That wasn't the goal. Nick, Nick, we, Nick Saban, right? One of the greatest college football he'd, coaches. He'd was be, his goal to coach at Alabama? My, still Not in, at all. He'd still be in Miami <laughs> exactly. if, if it would have worked out for him. You're, you're 100% correct. And and I, it's... People I mean, forget again, that, though, man. Especially for Mike. This dude is building a Hall of Fame resume. Building? He can stop coaching today. He's a Hall of Famer. I agree we, with we, you. What are we talking about? I agree with you. It's that simple to me, man. <laughs> it, it, oh. You know what, though? As much as I love Arthur Motes and all love, of you. And I love when we get to talking. There probably is a booster out there somewhere with a big enough check for me. I'm just saying. Oh, no, no. Well, we're not saying that. That's different. That's different. But imagine <laughs> if you're sitting here with the money that Coach Tomlin has accumulated. 
and now, the job now, security. Now, now you're not worried about like the financials. Too, you're worried about peace of mind. You're worried about happiness. The just the like the coaching for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've had three of them since the '60s. They've had three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, here comes your boy. You know what line's coming? <laughs> since the Beatles were still together. <laughs> All right, and people have been saying like it's one of the best professional jobs in all the world. Uh, you know, like with with mm-hmm. the Yankees, with the Lakers, with the. Last time I checked, those organizations recycle coaches mm-hmm. like they're. I was gonna say luxury cars, no, but no, no. not like, even like, like diapers. Like maybe not that quick. Maybe like a <laughs> pair of sweatpants. All right, hey, <laughs> hey, I got about a about a, a couple years shelf life before the elastic waistband in them yes, gets a little too yes. loose, and you got to buy a new pair. So yeah, in terms of organizational prestige. And ownership stability and job security, Yankees ain't got that. They got 27 titles. You're in the greatest city in the world, ha- uh, trademark. <laughs> but but you don't have that job security. In sunny Los Angeles, you got the, you got the beach five minutes away, but you don't have that job security. Uh, yeah, if Coach Tomlin goes anywhere, it's the can't. I would agree with that. All right, we're way overdue for a break here. When we come back, it's time to continue to set the stage. We'll have a little five. Star Friday. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it. Mozi tells you the five matchups to watch on the other side. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.